Scary times call for scary sound effects. But we've got plenty of positivity in today's episode of EdTech Innovators. In this episode, we have Amanda Regan from Swivel, Alice Corner from desktop publishing app Vengage, Zoe Griffiths from Alchemy of Learning. She's also a former international athlete. And we go back to the Bet Show and hear from Pelego. And that's when the Bet Show was at the Excel Center, which is now, of course, a field hospital for coronavirus patients. Enjoy. Zoe Griffith's section is so inspirational, I've kept the music in the background to make it even more calming. I'm Zoe Griffiths, founder of Alchemy of Learning, socially responsible entrepreneur and education futurist. As I finish my daily early morning rituals of exercise, meditation and reading, I feel the power of awareness and creative control, elevating my hope, strength and optimism, a counterweight to the heavy sense of our own fragility during times of COVID. I have absolute clarity though that such radical uncertainty brings an opportunity to change. It welcomes infinite possibilities and an open door to overcome conventional thinking. Four opportunities raise into my consciousness daily. A system that enables decision makers to be responsive real time by immediate access to data dashboards. I envision deploying AI, blockchain and machine learning technology on a large scale through a centralised cloud repository and enabling transparent data to be available on a micro and macro level to create an efficient, responsive, more agile network-based education system that really addresses disparities. A systems approach to celebrating our learners' unique talents and a gift of efficiency not accountability for our teachers, enabling them to serve as leaders of learning with the time, love and care that efficient systems allow. A platform for leaders and ministers to observe impact, trends and continually create a purposeful, coherent, responsive education system that serves the future cadre. And in times of crisis and radical uncertainty, serve the most vulnerable. With a kaleidoscope of relevant and coherent assessments on each learner real-time, I'm curious about the return on investment of the financial, pedagogical and psychological costs of formal exams and their application to preparing the future workforce. There's a real opportunity here to loosen the disproportionate emphasis on curriculum-driven exams and more about how learning outcomes defines us as a life learner on our journey into the labour market. The COVID-19 pandemic has overwhelmingly driven home the essential interconnectedness of our human family, connecting the community to create the best team around the learner to enable them to flourish shines a real light on our humanity. It takes a community to raise a child, a community that nourishes, supports, provides love and a strong sense of purpose on their journey as a life learner. Preparing learners for lives of meaning by helping them make connections between what they are learning now and the person they want to become in the future is all of our responsibility. 
These key relationships and partnerships that are formed from birth model the behaviours, expectations and can have a huge effect upon personal growth, success and finding our unique talents. The dream team can include NHS, parents, learners, friends, teachers, school leaders and social care. I envision an interconnected public service ecosystem based on blockchain to keep children safe, empower health, provide support when challenges arrive and to find the unique talents of the future generation. This innovative life learning pathway throughout the school system into the labour market is equity centred, takes care of health and well-being, is fun, engaging, celebrates the wider attributes of a person as well as the learning outcomes that they achieve. As a former international athlete, I had a big support team around me to ensure I fulfilled my peak performance. Let's create a system like this for our learners. These ideas led me to be curious about how we create a society that trusts data usage. Advocacy of data sovereignty has been challenged immeasurably during the pandemic with the urgency of rapid access to a broad range of data really essential to a timely effective response to the pandemic. An intrusion to our privacy has become a matter of public interest and an exception for COVID-19 and seemingly justified by human rights. Our civil rights are indeed guaranteed and should hold even if privacy is weakened. However, there's never been a greater sense of urgency for data stewardship to build trust. I'm curious about a mechanism and perhaps an overarching branch of the Office of National Statistics that would assume the role of stewardship to reassure, set standards, build trust, secure our data, provide an ethics advisory and instigates a positive campaign to the public to wholly understand the benefits of data use to our country. COVID-19 is a very strong use case for data stewardship. There's nothing more apparent than the need to focus on continuous development of well-being to ensure that we are able to flourish to create a new future. Learning the skills of well-being during adversity at every age of our life learning journey is fundamental for our future health, fulfilment and our effectiveness in dealing with the changing face of the labour market. The ripple effects of COVID-19 will be with us for some time and it will require us to draw upon all of our character strengths in rebuilding our families, communities and the country. Never has there been a greater sense of urgency urgency for us to do our own inner size and self-care, to embed positive psychology into our personal, school and professional life. This will be the game changer in how we are able to manage the disruption and change that is imminent ahead. Thanks, Pete, for providing a platform for me to express and share my conscious thoughts. It's been a real welcome balance with moments of solitude. Let's quickly go back to the Bet Show and hear from Pedalego, who will talk to us about their brand, which is like Spotify for books. Hello, I'm with Alberta from Pedalego. Did I pronounce that correctly? Fantastic. And uh, Pelego is, um, it's, it's really nice to understand. It's, it's basically Spotify for books. And I'll let uh, Alberta uh, take over. 
Yes, so we're the Spotify for textbooks. This means that we have an online educational platform that works through a subscription model. So with a single subscription, uh, users have unlimited access to all the content on a platform, which is about 250,000 different academic and professional books. And with the subscription, users have no uh, limits, can open as many books as they want, can explore, can read as much as they want. Um, yeah, that's me. So I remember with with music, sometimes some some record companies weren't signing up to Spotify, were they? So have uh, most of the publishers actually given this the the all clear? They they say it's okay. Yeah, of course it was uh, it was very hard at the beginning to convince publishers to agree with our model, but now we have made agreements with about two thousand different publishers. We have the major ones such as Pearson, Wiley, Harvard Business Review. So now they are trying to they're they're finally understanding the power of the subscription model. Of course, and it's it's I'd imagine you're thinking that people are going to use their phones first. They're not going to be uh, sort of going onto a PC and stuff like that, or onto a laptop. It's 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 for reading on the bus and on the train and everything else. Um, and um, and obviously you think, well, do people really want that? You know, because do people always want to read books on their phones? I know obviously people are very much attached to their phones, but but they're still quite small, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. That's why we're making the online learning experience uh, as similar as possible on reading on a printed book. So we have introduced tools such as the possibility to make highlights, to customize the font size, the font type, to make it accessible to everyone, to share reading lists with your friends. So we want to engage users as much as possible uh, and make sure that they uh, can find the online experience very powerful and, ex and effective. Customizable is key. Thanks a lot for that. Well, thank you, Alberta. Enjoy the rest of your time here. Thank you so much. The next inspiration comes all the way from California, and Amanda Regan will talk to us about Swivel, a video observation app. Right. Okay, so I'm really uh, happy to have somebody with us from Swivel, um, a customer success manager, I do believe. And Swivel are an international company with their tentacles in um, Kiev and California. And I'm delighted to speak to Amanda Regan. Is it Regan or Reagan? Regan. Regan, yeah. And yeah. she's going to tell us um, about, about how, there is, how Swivel are responding to the current crisis. And of course, we'll talk about education and anything else. So I'll start with um, our different work patterns. And just before we, I started recording this, uh, we were talking about how it's, it, there are some positives, aren't there? Because it thinks are more flexible. So I, you know, I'm talking to you at 7:30 in the evening in the UK, and uh, on a Friday evening, and I would never do that when I'm uh, during normal times, of course. But it feels okay because you know everything's okay and nothing's okay at the same time. Uh, but how, how are you responding to these um, very strange, unprecedented work patterns? Well, it's it's been interesting. I was talking to some friends over FaceTime earlier today. And we were talking about how it's both a blessing and a curse because my kids are 10 and 12 and they're off doing 8 million different activities normally and we're running them from place to place. They go to school in the morning, they come home, they do homework and then they go either to hockey or soccer or some sort of activity. And we don't eat all the time as a family and we don't have a relaxed schedule. and now we do. Nobody's commuting to work. Nobody's commuting to their activities. So we are spending a lot of time together. And that also is a blessing and a curse. And so it's, it's, 
it's good and bad. It's a yeah. challenge to have everyone working from home and doing school from home, mm. but it's nice to get to know their work patterns and to see what their teachers are doing and just how innovative everyone has been yeah. where we are, especially. Um, I've been so impressed with the schools and how they've adapted to this distance learning that nobody ever planned for. Yeah, that's right. And obviously the, the speed of people's development is um, is beyond belief, isn't it? And we'll talk a lot about a lot more about that later, if that's okay with you. Um, Absolutely. Before we, yeah, I mean, before we do, uh, there's one technical thing that I must do. If I could turn the, I'm just going to turn the video off so that I can put this in front of the microphone uh, because it stops the sound in front of the microphone. Oh, sure. So is that okay with you? So I'll turn the video yeah. off and uh, I'll put this in front of us. And uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, well, I could choose a virtual background, that'd be fun. No. Um, <laughs> we need you at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, does that sound better now? It, it she does, sound, she absolutely. Sounds like now. Okay, so let's move on. To, uh, sorry, before we move on, I was going to talk about the, the whole idea of quality time. I mean, this, this is partly a rhetorical question, really, but I was thinking about this. That Now I've got two children, they're, they're a little bit grown, more grown up now, they're 20 and 18 years old. And I have to ask, ask myself, well, what is quality time? Because since we're having a lot more quality time at the moment, but it's kind of the best of times and the worst of times, isn't it, at the same time? <laughs> yes. It's mean, very, very odd. It is. And quality time, you're right. It's interesting. So we are definitely spending more time together. We're playing board games in a way, at a pace that I, I never anticipated. We're currently teaching the kids how to play poker at night because we don't have much else to do in reality we're here in the bay area in california so today it's 67 degrees and bright sunny skies so we can go out in our yard and we have some some space to play around out there but it's supposed to be raining tomorrow and so we'll all be inside almost all day and uh it's quality time in that we do things that we don't normally do so we're developing some some new skills but my son and daughter have been doing our dishes every night and we're at the point also where my son keeps telling my daughter she breathes wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it's driving him crazy Stop the way she breathing breathes. like that. So, yes. you know, I don't know if we consider that quality time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that we're bickering a lot more definitely as, as a family. We really are. And it's good that you can go as far as the yard tomorrow. That, that would be a really good adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I saw my neighbors outside uh, and uh, they are riding bikes in circles. Literally, it's probably a 10, 10 meter radius that they're doing the entire time. Oh my goodness. It's like I know. Those monkeys on chains in the zoo. Yeah. It, 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 it's so strange, like training right? horses. <laughs> yeah, like training horses. Yeah, we're well, used to training horses. Well, it will blow over very soon, and um, we'll cash in on those innovative think this innovative thinking that we're developing. So, thankfully, I think many of us, not just in the education world, but in the tech world and elsewhere, are noticing that people are thinking innovatively. They're thinking on their feet, and they're being very um, nimble in the way that they're thinking at the moment. So, what's been your experience of that, Amanda? Well, I mean, for me, I've just been so impressed with how people quickly people have been able to pivot and both emotionally and in the education space, especially people who are used to being in a classroom every single day are, have been able to go online and continue to teach and continue to teach well. And in a way that 
they never thought possible. Even the way that they're doing their assessments and the way that their presentation skills have evolved, it's just been crazy. And the clip that these tech companies are coming out with new products and, and fast forwarding some of the things that they already had in their pipeline, it's just, it's really impressive. And the options that people have right now in order to stay communicating both in the education space and outside of it are, mm. it's, it's so impressive. Yeah. What, that, what humans can do these days. <laughs> that, that's right. And, and, and perversely, darkly, some of my EdTech wishes are, are coming true to an extent. I don't know if you're finding this, Amanda, too, that because um, I, I, when I write about EdTech, which I do a lot, obviously, and teach about EdTech, um, I, my dream, if you like, the, the thing that I'm trying to drive forward is that this education comes first and technology second. So really what we, we should have is something that's very um, you know, immersive and meaningful and pedagogic rather than a piece of kit that does uh, amazing things without actually empowering teachers to teach better. And um, we are starting to see that quite a lot more, I think, in the, in, in the way that people are thinking and approaching this, because they, they, I think that the edtech companies are really having to join the dots, aren't they? They're having to communicate and reach out to the, the schools and the colleges and so on. It's, it's absolutely true. Um, I think people that didn't use technology are now starting to see the value of what it can bring and that it's not the detrimental taking away the creativity that they had that they were expecting. Yeah. That it's opening up some areas of creativity and opening up some areas of evaluation and teaching that they didn't see as possible before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, th I think I think even people who are not techie at all, in fact, quite the opposite, just doing things like a Zoom call, Microsoft Teams, or something like that. In the past, and I say when I say in the past, I mean <laughs> since be before things. <laughs> a month ago. <laughs> yeah, a month ago, before everything changed, you know, beyond uh, recognition and uh, beyond, hopefully not forever. But, um, but yeah, in, in the the old days, uh, a month ago, the, people would need training on this. They'd need extensive training on how to use something as simple as Zoom or, or Teams or Skype or something like that. That would be completely outside the comfort zone. And I think that it, people are being really pushed outside the comfort zone, and uh, they're actually getting on with it. And uh, the, and as you say, they're pivoting. Uh, they're pivoting their emotions too. I really like that phrase. I'm, I'm going to steal that one from you. I'm afraid. That's okay with you. No problem. It's yours. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think in the workplace too, we're pivoting our emotions too. Now, do, do you find that as well? That, that there's some kind of resilience that we've um, we, we've had to develop in our in our emotions in the way that we work and interact with people. Absolutely. So I came from teaching. I was a elementary school or primary school teacher for 15 years before I joined Swivel. And one of the reasons that I left the classroom was because teaching can be so isolating. You're in a room with a bunch of children, but you are also alone in that room as far as adults go. So I love education, I love that space, but I wanted to work with adults and I wanted to work in an environment where we were collaborating and, mm -hmm. and um, I got to see a number of people over the age of eight every day. Right. And now I'm back in the same position where we're working alone and the Zoom platform and Google Meet and all of the different things that you can do are great, but it's again that same emotional 
you're on your own, you don't have anybody that you can just turn to and say, hey, what do you think about this idea? It's more scheduled. Yeah, that's right. So, so it, it's, it's different. Exactly. So you, in a way, you're forced to um, developing your problem-solving skills, aren't you? Because there is no colleague that you, that you can lean on. It's true. <laughs> so it's, it's good. It's good. And, you know, I, I think that people are becoming, are, are both able to rely on themselves more, and they're also seeing how important the connection is to other people. Because yes. talking to somebody every day is an important social fulfillment. I mean, we, we need that. And I think more people are, are seeing how important that is. Even if it is possible to work remotely all the time, maybe it isn't the best for our human nature. Yeah, absolutely. This, I mean, when everything blows over, when everything's back to normal, I will not be social distancing at all. I'm going, I'm going to be like some strange man in the park who wants to hug everybody. <laughs> it's going to be like in the movies where everyone runs and hugs each other. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like some 90s rape or something. It'll be brilliant. Um, excellent. So tell us a little bit more about Swivel then, about what, what, what kind of progress you um, have been making recently and, and how you've had to pivot in, in some ways, of course, uh, recently, um, and really why you're excited about Swivel. Well, you know, it's interesting because Swivel has, is, is a video platform. Like not only do we have the hardware that enables you to record multiple audio situations, but we also have the platform where you can work collaboratively, especially in coaching, peer-to-peer -peer evaluation and some self-evaluation as well. But when nowadays, when teachers don't have any experience using video or doing distance learning, it's nice to be able to record a lesson and watch it first before you pass that lesson on to your students. And the same thing works with coaching because you can do a web recording and do the voiceover explaining exactly what's going on on your screen that your students are going to need in order to learn but you can also, prior to sharing that with your students, you can share that with your peers so that they can do an evaluation and work with you collaboratively to make sure it's the best lesson possible. Because once that's posted and once that's out there for your students and their parents to look at, that's what you have. Mm. And while you can make some changes later, it's good to be able to have that that evaluative process, that collaboration that Swivel can provide, that time-stamped feedback in the recording to see if you're doing the right thing. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And, and there's never been a better time than now, of course, to, to develop that, uh, that, 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 coach, that coaching mentality, if you like, with yourself and with your colleagues. We've, now we've got five months of imposed CPD, you know, continuous professional development. That's right. I mean, and if what you spent four to six years, if you are a master teacher learning how to do, now was completely flipped on its head. And so you might have learned all of those, the classroom lessons, and you might have learned how to work with students and try to get that peer feedback or that, that, that collaborative feedback within your classroom, trying to get your students to talk and all of that engagement that you were working towards now is asynchronous. And so all of those lessons that you learned, you have to relearn. 
And you need that coaching and you need other people to help you develop those skills because you have to learn them in five months what took you an entire university degree to do the first time. Yes, absolutely. So let's, let's, um, let, let's sort of take it, strip it right back to somebody who, who has um, a passing interest in swivel, in, in, in being um, in video observation, of course, the lessons. So uh, imagine I'm a, a, a random teacher in Liverpool and I'm thinking about uh, having five months of intensive CPD, of course, enforced. Uh, and I, I'm interested in the idea of swivel. So what, what kind of steps do I need to take um, to, so that I can be you know, really conversant in how to use swivel really effectively? Well, I mean, we have one of the best support sites possible. So I, I've actually never seen a better one for an ed tech company. It's really, really impressive. And the, our agents are phenomenal. But the first thing is mostly swivel is mostly known for its hardware and that's not going to be used now because you're not getting hardware from your school because your school is closed so the first thing that i want to explain to people is that the swivel app and the swivel web piece they're both free they're free all the time if you're a standard user but right now the pro license is also free and that kind of gives you some extended capabilities um, so I would first go download the Swivel app onto your iPhone or Android or your whichever device it is that you happen to use. And that allows you to capture a recording that you can then it gets uploaded into a completely secure platform where you can then manipulate it. You can do timestamp comments. You can apply rubrics. You can do um, some additional annotation there's some editing features that you can do and then you can take all of what you've created you can add slides you can then share that to your peers or you can do your own self-evaluation on that as well mm -hmm. um, from there once you have your perfected video you can download it and upload it to another platform if you decide to do that a lot of people are recording and annotating and doing all of the kind of fun stuff that they have needed to perfect their lesson and then they remove it from the swivel platform and they've uploaded it to swivel or excuse me to google uh the google classroom is a popular one or to canvas blackboard any one of those lms's that you could have um, other people are recording classroom um what's the word i'm looking for here In interaction they're doing class instructions but also just messages yeah every morning they'll post a message and they'll record it in the swivel app and they will then post it to their website their class website mm -hmm. and you can do an embed link you can do a web link you can do any of those kind of things that you want to do from there and also within the swivel platform if you go online we can do a web recording so you can do the screen capture as well as have your voice annotating anything that you need to say um, and you can post that to your classroom as well you can share it from this within the swivel link we're working really hard right now to encourage coaches to continue coaching their teachers because there's so much fear and change that we want those leaders the schools uh, leadership, the um, administrators, as well as the coaching staff to really be working with and perfecting the teaching that is going on so that parents at home can 
also understand the lessons that the teachers are trying to convey. Mm. So, I mean, this is one of the, I'm sure you hold this dream as well, Amanda, because all teachers do, that this dream that we've been having for many years of, of a more collaborative and inclusive and coaching kind of culture and less fear uh, of um, somebody coming into your lesson and saying, you know, you are useless and uh, you're gonna, we're going to you know, harass you now and, and put you under pressure. So it's... Uh, Absolutely. So these are really positive steps in that direction. And we do see quite a lot of that. I don't know if you're familiar with VO. It's one of your competitors maybe in the UK. Yeah, good. Might be yeah. getting in touch with them. I was talking to a guy from VO last week. And um, it, it's really good to see that. I mean, how much of a pivot have you had to make then in terms of moving from hardware to the app? Well, we haven't. It's, it's always been a part of our, or at least for the last five years, it's been a part of our um services that we we've offered and we've worked really hard to be a complete solution and that has had to change because instead of promoting that collaborative piece between our hardware and our software we've had to really promote just what the software can do on its own and with swivel part of our selling point is that our Hardware can take multiple audio inputs, mm. so you can have up to five audio inputs placed around a classroom so that you really get that student to teacher interaction that you have with that clear, crisp audio that you're looking for. It's not the same as if you're just recording using your iPhone where you get one good voice and then you're gonna get a muffled voice that you can kind of hear part of it in the distance. You get everything crisp and clear, and that's just not the situation we're in right now and so moving away from selling the whole analytics of teacher voice versus student talk time is 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 a bit different for us so we're having to pull more of the features that we have always had but haven't been at the forefront like web recording or uh, screen capture or the um, web links and embedding features that have been possible but weren't as utilized. Hmm. Now they're more and more they're they're coming into play. Yeah, they're coming into play and coming to the fore. Do, um, what what would you say about um, difficulties of getting into certain markets and and actually accessing schools? And uh, because I've in the UK, I think a lot of the edtech companies find that the UK is a really bad market. It's you know it's been so starved of money for the last ten years. So what they're very often doing is looking at other markets like the USA and like Southeast Asia. But well, how do you find the the edtech markets? Is is the USA a good place to be or or not? Well, I don't think anywhere is a good place to be this month, but no. <laughs> uh, in general, yes, I think that the U.S. has been a, is a, been a great place to be. We also have uh, in Australia where we have a lot of users in, in Australia and in the U.K. and in Hong Kong is another big market for us as well. Mm. We have um, a large, large group of users in Canada, um, but the U.S. is still our primary market because we have a lot of education innovators that are looking to bring technology to the forefront. There's so many, being here in California, I think that really does help being in Silicon Valley where everyone uses tech for everything, um, that we can introduce 
new technology and we can find people that are willing to do it. And our primary selling feature is we have one teacher that starts using it and then they start loving it. And then the person in the classroom next door to them sees what they're doing and they are sharing that information with them and then passing their robot over and doing a recording with them that way. And then they collaborate and they share their videos. And so it's really been a grassroots effort. We also have a large group of users that are from the uh, higher ed market. And so we have a lot of schools of education that send our, our robots and the recording out into teachers who are doing their um, student teaching. And they're able to then, if they're, for example, in, in our area, South Dakota is a big user of ours. And it is, schools are, what are they? I don't know kilometers. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> yeah, okay. We, we're in some miles. It's a huge miles space. Yeah. I, I, it's any consolation. There's, I don't understand six, kilometers either. <laughs> 600 miles between where the university is and where some of the student teachers are placed. So you can't really do observations. You're not going back and forth between the classrooms. And using this kind of technology in the secure environment where the, the student teacher can record their lesson and then send it back to their professor or their supervisor that they can collaborate with the teacher in the classroom, they can collaborate with the student teacher and they can collaborate with the professor and everyone can make timestamped annotations within that video talking about the growth and the possibilities and what they're looking for and their goals next. And they have rubrics set up in them so that they have those standards that they're looking to meet and whether they've met them. And that collaboration is really what we're going for and it's been really well received here in the u.s mm, in that market so i i mean my day job is is um training teachers so i go out and observe well i did go out, go out and observe <laughs> lessons in schools in other schools and yeah um, yeah. yeah i've heard of those they were great places weren't they and uh, that's what i used to do go into yeah. uh, trainees with, with real kids and um I, I i can see so many ways in which this would be beneficial for the that kind of um, you know, the reflection uh, for the trainee on, on what they're doing. And it, it's just so much clearer to them, isn't it? It, it, it is. And I, I like that with Swivel, and I, I think uh, VO was the same way, where you could do a self-reflection piece as well before, so you have private notes that you can take on your own when you watch your own video before you share it publicly so that they don't necessarily see what you think and you can get honest feedback from your professors and from your co-teachers or your supervising teacher and really get a good picture of where you need to grow so you get that actionable feedback for your next lesson. Mm, absolutely. One um, slightly different thing, you were, you were talking about Silicon Valley and we, we have this idea in the UK and elsewhere that Silicon Valley is the place to be if you want to attract you know, angel investors and that kind of thing in the edtech world. What, what would you say to that? I'd say that finding investors in this environment is incredibly challenging and they are working very hard to vet who they are investing in right now. Um, Swivel has two amazing founders who had some initial investments, but we are not a typical startup in that we 
operate with cash reserves and in the black. We don't operate, we're not spending freely. We are a very sensible company who is growing at an honest pace and we invest where we see our customers lead us, but we're not the company that is taking huge risks. Mm. We have a team of people that communicate with our leading customer base. There's people that have been with us for seven years, 10 years. We, we had our 10 year anniversary yesterday and oh, we had one of the customers that's been there since, since the beginning um, on, on the, well, distant celebration that we all had together. Um, yeah, <laughs> that cake. was all a, a Zoom call, <laughs> yeah. our Zoom celebration, um, which isn't quite the party I think they were planning on having. But um, so it, it's, it's a great environment for people to be open to listening and looking for innovative products. But it's also a place where they hear hundreds of pitches a day and they only want the best ones. Yeah, and that leads us towards the, the, towards the end of this interview, really, Amanda, in, insofar as we want, we want to end on a positive note. We're looking for positives yeah. everywhere, aren't we, Amanda? We're desperate for positives. Yeah. And I, one of the things that keeps me going through this, uh, this episode that we're having is the, 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 something I do believe, it's not a fantasy, but it's a real belief that we'll come out of this stronger than we ever were. And if we are going to come out stronger, then there's certain words that I think are certain concepts that I think are very important. And you've talked about a few of those just now. So, for example, you know, sustain, sustainability and um, having a product that's, that's real and isn't based on equity and isn't based on debt. Uh, so do you, are you confident that, that Swivel and, and the, rest, the rest of it, all, the, all the, the people you work with will come out of this stronger? I, I am confident that that's the case. I think that because we are working in education, which is going to continue to need to be a strong space, we're never gonna have to stop learning. And teachers are seeing that they need to be able to expand the ways that they teach. So having a product that not only helps teachers, but then in turn helps students and education, I don't see how that's something that could even go away. It's yeah. something that we need in our lives and it's something that teachers need to see is continued growth, not only in their students, but in themselves. And we have a product that offers that. Yeah, and you, you, you have to, you know, to motivate yourself, even in the best of times, you have to believe that this, what you're doing will help change the culture of education. And um, Absolutely. you have to have that confidence, don't you? So hopefully, Amanda, everything should fall into place when everything uh, goes back to, well, normal, the new, the new normal. Anyway. <laughs> the, the, the new normal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because even if we don't go back into the classroom in the five months that we're expecting to go back into the classroom, I think that video collaboration is just going to be that much more important, which yeah. is where Swivel's at. Absolutely. It's where, it's where we are. And yeah. I think that it's a good place to be. Absolutely. So I'll turn the video back on now. Ooh, where am I? There I am. Um, and I'll say, <laughs> I'll say thank you uh, very, very much, Amanda. I've really appreciated everything that you've uh, been talking about. And I really appreciate the time that you spent um, talking to me too. 
Um, yeah, the website is, is a thing of beauty. So well done to the people who've been working on that tirelessly over, over the last few years. And, yeah. Um, I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else that you want to say to uh, the listeners? Not right now. I mean, I think everyone, I want everyone to stay healthy, stay safe, uh, reach out to people when you feel lonely and to check in with your friends and family. It's really important for all of us to stay connected and, and to build the community, to build upon the communities that we already have. Absolutely. And, uh, and I'd say that to you as well. I mean, I hope you and yours would uh, stay well uh, for the foreseeable. And uh, it's been really great talking to you. It's been great to talk to you too. Thank you so much. I appreciate oh, this opportunity. And you. You take care and uh, I'll be in touch soon. Thanks, Amanda. Okay, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye. Coming up next, it's Alice Corner to talk to us about Vengage. That's it. I am now actually talking to Alice. That's fantastic. So, Alice, it's great to meet you. This is Alice, um, who is from Vengage. She's going to tell us Hi. all about what Vengage are. And um, she is a content marketer at, at Vengage. And uh, we were having a, a fascinating conversation just before we started recording this about the challenges of uh, coronavirus and the ways in which you are attempting to address this. And I think that uh, I'd like to say, I don't want to preempt things too much, Alice, but it sounds like you have some really useful tips for just about anybody who's working um, online increasingly and doesn't quite know what they're doing. Yeah, completely. Um, just kind of as we were talking about before, just as an introduction to Vengage. So we're a visual communication tool. Um, we kind of started as an infographic maker, but we've branched out to different forms of visual communication, such as posters, reports, ebooks, white papers, social media posts. Um, we're like an online software tool that anybody can log on. It's free to create an account. We've got lots of templates that our lovely, incredible, amazing designers have made for lots of different purposes. And the idea is that making communication easier between people is really important to us. So we really focus a lot on, you know, how can we communicate big ideas, difficult ideas and difficult information in a simple to understand format. Yeah, so the, the, there's a, a clear problem that you're working with there, isn't it? That uh, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of evidence that a simple Zoom chat, any kind of video chat, whether it's Skype or whatever, is actually quite exhausting, isn't it? And I think it's that cognitive dissonance that we expect um, to actually be present with somebody, but we're just reminded of our absence uh, from each other. So it's quite draining to, to have frequent Skype calls or Zoom chats. So some of what you're doing could actually help address that problem, couldn't it? Um, because communication is increasingly difficult and the less you can actually see of people. So what, what, what do you think, how do you think that Vangage could help with that then, just make that communication a bit slicker, a bit, bit more logical? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you're saying, when you aren't face to face, any sort of conversation takes on a whole new level of difficulty because a lot of what you say in person can be lost over a video chat. It can especially be lost over email. And if you are using a messaging service such as Google Teams or Slack, you know, it's really difficult to have those nuanced conversations. And um, as an online communication tool, we kind of really focus on making things simple. That's kind of what our philosophy is. We just really want to make things simple for everybody to understand. So by breaking things down into simple like diagrams or processes and using images, visuals, graphics, colors to highlight the important parts of the message, that's really what we've been focusing on for the past few weeks since all of this corona stuff did kick off and people are increasingly switching to a remote or a digital form of work and learning. 
Mm. Yeah, so give us an example of how that might work. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll generate an example and you tell me whether it's right or wrong. So imagine I work for, say, a marketing uh, agency and mm. I want to, I would normally be in the office doing a presentation, but I can't even get to the office now. So what I do is I use Vengage to generate some infographic to communicate my ideas and that becomes a collaborative infographic that people can uh, chip away at and add their own uh, input uh, towards. So is that the kind of thing, is that an example of the kind of thing that you're talking about? Yeah, that's completely sort of an example. And um, especially with an infographic, it's a really good way to kind of visualize different aspects of one problem. Because when visual communication comes into its own is when it's not a straightforward conversation. Like what we're having quite now is quite a straightforward conversation. But you know, if there was different timelines and different scales and stuff of the project happening, it'd be really good to be able to get that down in a way that we can all understand. Mm. And especially on bigger projects when there's multiple moving parts at any time trying to align all of that in a way that you can understand where traditionally you'd be in an office drawing it out on a whiteboard or sticking post-its on a piece of paper how do we take that to an online way that doesn't feel contrived and um, other examples that we've seen in the past few weeks are things like checklists as well which seem really simple but when you can't be in person to go through things with people on a regular basis and you can't just wheel your chair over to somebody at the next desk or you can't just turn to the person next to you how do you make sure they all work in towards the same goals at the same time? That's lovely because you, you have a head start already, don't you? Because um, you're, you're uh, if you don't mind me saying, your head is five hours behind, is it not? <laughs> yeah, completely. So um, Vengage is actually a Canadian company. I live in Toronto, Canada, full time, lovely place. But since all of the Corona stuff has kicked off and a lot of countries are closing borders, I chose to come back to the UK so I could be with my family during this time. But that does mean that I am now working on Toronto time. So my head is always in a completely different time zone. Like I've updated my computer clock to Toronto time. So I don't keep missing meetings and things like that. But being able to kind of like talk to people in a way that they understand without having to physically be there has been such a game changer. And like yeah. we do have a head start as a communications tool because we've been practicing what we preach for such a long time now that it's your second nature to kind of create things in flowcharts if you want to talk through a new project. So that could potentially open up new revenue streams, new ways of working for, for Vengage, couldn't it? Because, you know, you were saying that you're kind of ahead of the curb, in, a curve, not ahead of the curb, ahead of the curve in many ways, aren't you? There's these new ways of working that many companies are having to embrace. You've been doing it for years already. So that's something that you, that you could share with people. Yeah, completely. It's actually been quite interesting for us because over the past few weeks, we didn't know how this was going to play out, you know, what our custom base would be. But we found that we haven't actually changed a lot of what we're doing, but a lot more people are coming to us organically looking for solutions. So we're having to do a lot less sort of going out there and telling people what we're about because people are now Googling like, how do I make an infographic? How do I communicate an idea? How do I manage a remote team? All of these things that we do provide natural solutions for. Um, and, you know, we are a startup, so we do have like 13% of our staff working remote full time anyway. So these are things that we already know that are working and they're templates and tools and products that we created for ourselves. So it's really interesting to see so many people pick that up now as part of their new workplace, I guess. Mm. Yeah, um, so here's the uh, difficult question, Tom. I, sh I should really introduce some kind of jingle for when I ask people a really difficult question. That I'll, I'll put one in, in the edit later on. 
Yeah, that's right. I, um, I have a little jingle thing um, in between segments, but uh, I could uh, have a, a sort of, um, I don't know, a, a, an air horn or something before before a difficult <laughs> question. Um, but your, your difficult question is about Canva. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Canva, um, sorry. And uh, if anyone doesn't know about Canva, it's this very easy um, desktop publishing app and you can make infographics and uh, social media posts and just about anything really largely for free but many of the images and graphics um, are paid for but they're micro payments anyway so so the difficult question that you'll have been asked a million times of course and probably <laughs> asked a million times a day is um, mm -hmm. why would you bother with Vengage when you can use Canva? I think the way that kind of we think about the point of differentiation ourselves is that we aren't Canva because we achieve different purposes Canva is a design tool. It's for people who need to make designs or logos or whatever for their brand. And whilst Vengage has a really, really strong branding tool as well, and we do really focus on that sort of things, we do kind of really focus ourselves on how can we make conversations and ideas easier to understand. And, um, you know, becoming an infographic tool and kind of blossoming out into other forms of communication. We've never lost the core value of helping visualize ideas, which, you know, is our tagline. We say it in our meetings all of the time. We want to make big concepts easy to understand through communication. And that's why we do have that point of differentiation from Canva because whilst our designs are amazing, shout out to the designers, that's not all they are. They're yeah. a way to kind of simplify big concepts. Yeah, can you name some of your designers, Alice? Yeah, we've got loads. We've got um, Michelle, we've got Louisa, we've got Anja, we've got a bunch of incredible freelancers working for us. Yeah. Great. Great. I just want to hear a nice shout out for them, you see. <laughs> yeah, be... they've been working so hard since all the corona stuff kicked off as well, you know, looking, talking to our users, working out what they need, creating new templates for those use cases. It's mm. been a real, real good thing to see come out of the design team. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we see a lot, isn't it, really? Just people are working so innovatively and in the midst of this uh, crisis. They really are. Mm and uh, they should be applauded for that. Um, yeah, so in terms of education, so I work in education and I'm in the middle of uh, trying to help teachers navigate this infinite swathe of uh, online resources, some of which are free and some of which are not, but how do you think that teachers and, and schools that are closed down can benefit from Vengage? Yeah, I think the education one's really interesting. So in a previous life, a long time ago, I used to work sort of as an education specialist and I'd go into schools and do workshops on filmmaking with lots of kids and um, especially the sort of kids who were at risk of being expelled or disengaged or weren't otherwise you know not really fitting in in the classroom and the main thing I took from that experience is there is always a way to get the information across you might just need to change your tactic and I think mm. as teachers are moving remote they need to think about it that they aren't teaching online because they haven't had time to do the research to practice to put the tools in place but they're just changing how they deliver lessons. Yeah. So instead of doing an in-person presentation, how can you move that online? Instead of sort of, you know, having a back and forth with the class, how can you move that online? And even things like, how do you make sure that the feedback continues to be a two-way street? Because it's not just teachers, it is the students as well who are adapting to this new workplace. Mm. How do you make sure that communication stays open and everybody understands exactly what both people, what both parties mean? 
yeah so can i do prince charles then it's very topical of course because he's had coronavirus and 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 ask you how would i do that then so if i um if i'm sitting at home which i am of course and i'm a teacher and i want to support my students who've been asked to uh, create infographics for my english class my english gcse class for the year 10s let's say um how how might this feedback be how, how might this um product if you like be this artifact be a two-way process mm -hmm. So one of the things that we have with Fengage is an education plan. Um, so you can add up to 35 accounts with the education plan so you can have a teacher in a classroom. And that allows you to kind of keep an overview of what people are making. They can send their work direct to you via a link. You know, it's a real collaborative process that way because it's as if you were walking around a classroom looking at their work over their shoulder. But as well, we've just launched a bunch of new templates about student feedback that have structured questions about how do you think this is going? What do you enjoy about this? What would you like to do more of? That can be a real jumping off point as well to open that sort of feedback. Mm. Um, and these are all digital templates, but you know, you can download and print them as well. If that's something we ever need to do again, if we're ever in the same room, but um, kind of moving everything digitally doesn't mean that it's just emailing back and forth. There are ways in between. Um, and at the moment, we're working on a new form of collaborative project for our own site as well, so people can edit together in real time, which is really exciting, um, and we're hoping to get that out really soon. And that, again, opens a new form of working, such as you would do in sort of like Google Docs, about how can you both work on the same thing at the same time and create that collaborative experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that synchronous feedback, of course, which, which is uh, such a powerful thing and, um, and, and which I think is, is, is expected now it, um, increasingly. Um, that, that, that's really great to hear. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about? What I, I think one of the themes that is emerging through these podcasts, obviously the podcast started before the coronavirus um, pandemic. But um, one thing that seems to be emerging through this crisis is the desire to come out stronger the other side. Um, I'd like to hear of how you feel about that. Do you, how do you feel that you personally, Alice, and of course, Vengage will, and education will come up stronger the other side? I think it's hard to kind of quantify the idea of coming out stronger the other side because we don't know when the other side is going to be and we don't really know what that's going to look like at this point. I mean, things are changing so quickly. It's just a matter of hours before something new happens. But I think the one thing that's really intensified, especially in Bengage, but also in my personal life, is that online communication is possible. Um, you know, I've switched from seeing my friends in the pub once a week to do trivia to doing an online trivia night. And we've noticed that so much fun, we're terrible, we've lost every week, don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> um, but even sort of from a work perspective, you know, we are continuing to work as if we were just sitting next to each other by making use of Slack and you know sending things together leaving comments on feedback and work and i think it's more of an adaption rather than a complete new beginning because i think most of us do have those communication skills built in within us we just need to take a step back and refocus how we apply them and it is more of a mindset shift than you know a complete overhaul Mm, so without twisting your words too much, Alice, in some ways it could be a mistake for people to leap to the conclusion that a complete pivot is required in their working practices and the way that they approach everything they do. Yeah, completely. I don't think a complete pivot is needed at all because that's a waste of everybody's time and energy. 
you know, people are stressed, people are adapting. Why try and introduce a new process when you haven't been able to test it in an environment that works? And, you know, being in a startup environment, we do work on sort of a very agile mindset. We do work to create the minimum viable product to see if it's worth pursuing further. And I think this current shift to online learning and online working is a really good place to apply that mindset. Mm. Try one thing and if it works, try it some more. And if it doesn't work, you haven't really lost that much. Mm. And I think approaching it as a complete pivot, like starting all over again is wrong because that's not what we need. We can have this conversation over Zoom, but we could also be having this conversation in person. We haven't had to completely pivot everything to be able to recording this podcast we've just had to refocus the mindset of what is possible within the situation that's right and without wishing to use a, a tired cliche the, the devil finds work for idle hands to do doesn't it i think people yeah. have got a lot more time on their hands so and um, that could lead them to some rash decisions at times exactly. thank you so much alice it, it, it's been really good talking to you and i'm, I'm glad that uh, you're well I, and i hope that you and your family stay well thank you and I hope that you're finding some things about being back home in Wales uh, reassuring in some ways. Absolutely. <laughs> Good to have all the comfort food back. Yes, that's nice to hear. So I shall uh, stop recording now and I'll say thank you once more and uh, we'll keep in touch with me, Alice. Perfect. Thank you so much. That's it for this week. We look forward to more inspiration and positivity in the world of education, technology and creativity next week. From EdTech Innovators, see you later and please take care of yourself and your family.